Hey there. Welcome to Urban Village Church. You're joining the live stream of our worship gathering. I'm Darren Calhoun, and I'm thrilled to have you join us today. Whether you're a familiar face or new to our community, we're so grateful that you're here. At Urban Village Church, we're all about being bold, inclusive, and relevant. And if you're new here, let me tell you why that matters. First, boldness is in our DNA. We are not afraid to ask tough questions, to challenge the norms, and explore new possibilities. We believe that faith is a journey of growth and exploration. So get ready to dive deep and open your heart to some fresh perspectives. Inclusivity is at the core of who we are. No matter where you're from, how you identify, or what life experiences you've had, you are welcome here. We celebrate the wild and wonderful differences that make each of us unique. You belong in this community, just as you are. And finally, we strive to be relevant. What we do as a church should connect with your everyday life. Our messages dig deep into real life issues, and our times of worship are intentional about meeting you right where you are. Our aim is to provide inspiration and practical insights anchored by the love of Jesus that you can apply to your own journey. So as we continue with our worship gathering, I want to invite you to engage with us right now. Join in the conversation in the chat. Share your questions and share your thoughts or just say hi. After the sermon, we'll sometimes have a Q&A session where you can share your thoughts, ask questions and explore the message further. So keep your phone or keyboard handy. We also have an app and a digital connect card for you to fill out. It's a great way for us to get to know you better and for you to stay connected to the UBC community. You can find the link in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. So let's dive in together. Open your heart, join the chat, ask questions and fill out the digital connect card. We're excited to journey with you and co-create a vibrant community of love and support. Welcome to Urban Village Church.
morning, everyone. Welcome to Urban Village Church West in River Forest United Methodist Church. Um, we're so happy to have you here on this snowy, first kind of real snow got Sunday. Um, I wanted to check in with everyone as I see there are lyrics being passed around. We're having some last minute issues with our um, projectors. So if you have lyrics, great. If you don't have them, um, maybe sit by somebody who does or fake it till you make it. <laughs> um, but if you, if you don't have them and you need them, um, I think Chris is passing some more out over there just so we all know what we're singing today since it won't be behind us like it usually is. Um, but we're going to start out this morning in worship through song. So um, please stand with us as you're able. We're going to be singing It Is Well this morning.
kind of a new old song today that we're going to sing in this. Um, I say new old because it is an older song, but it might be new to our congregation. So um, even though we've got our words in our hands, I would love to um, teach this chorus to everyone this morning. So it goes like this.
you bow your heads in prayer this morning? God, thank you for inviting us to that place where you are. Thank you for answering our call and our prayer, um, our cries and our moments of joy, God. Thank you for being um, that reliable, solid place we can go um, in moments of chaos, in moments of joy, in moments of mourning. Um, God, thank you for everyone gathered here um, after we've all been in different places um, during this holiday time. God, I thank you that we can come back to um, this place of worship and maybe we're seeking rest, maybe we're seeking calm after um, Thanksgiving, God. Maybe we're seeking comfort, and I pray that um, we can all find that here this morning, God. God, um, be with Christian as he comes and shares your word with us this morning. Um, be with everyone here as we receive your word and your love and open our hearts and our minds to new things, remind us of old things, um, and God, thank you for the gift of um, this time of winter where we see the seasons change and welcoming in the snow that we've got this morning, God. Um, we ask all these things in your name together, amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Urban Village Church, River Forest United Methodist Church. We are so glad to have you here on this beautiful snowy morning. As my 11-year-old said, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas when he woke up. So Urban Village Church exists to create Jesus-loving, inclusive communities that ignite the city and beyond. Woo! And we do that by living into our three core values, which are to be bold, inclusive, and relevant. Bold in that we are rooted in the gospel, in Jesus, um, inclusive in that everyone is welcome here. Um, there is always room at the table, whether you had up your tree at the beginning of November or you did not bother to go out until the day after Thanksgiving, you are welcome here. And relevant in that our faith is not just lived out um, on Sunday mornings, but Monday through Saturday as well. And um, I was actually supposed to be the liturgist last week, but I've been suffering from some pretty debilitating migraines lately and um, just can't seem to shake them. And um, I'm just really grateful. I'm like four days migraine free today and happy to be here with you and happy to be talking to you guys after um, this chance to reflect on gratitude, right? And I'm sure many of us have a complicated relationship with the holiday we know is Thanksgiving. Um, but I am always willing to pause my life and think about the things that, that are around us to be grateful for. And I have been talking with some of my seminary colleagues and even with class, and we're kind of asking this deep question of like, what does the church have to offer today in the world as it is, right? Not as we wish it would be, but in the world as it is. What, why should people come in the door despite what's happening? And, and I was really reflecting on that, and I just keep coming back to hope. 
right? For me, it's, it's about hope and this idea that that's what we have to offer the world. And, and similarly, I read a book recently called The Seed Keepers, and it's about this indigenous practice. They were so, indigenous communities were so tied to their land that when they would be forced to leave, they would often gather seeds, and the women were in charge of protecting those seeds. And they would sow the seeds into the hems of their skirt, and they would sow them into their hair because they knew that if these seeds got, got found, they would be gotten rid of, right? And they would protect these seeds until they were resettled so that they could replant their, their land in a new place, and they, would, and they would be able to still have that connection. And I just keep thinking about maybe that's our call, right, here at Urban Village. Can we be hope protectors? Can we store hope in the hem of our coat? Can we, you know, weave it into our hair when it doesn't feel like there's any reason to hold on to it? Can we carry it for others who might not have it? And can we do that being bold, inclusive, and relevant, right? Bold in that, as Martin Luther King said, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it is bent toward justice. To still believe that is bold inclusive and in that there is nowhere we aren't willing to look for hope. There is nowhere that we see as absolutely destitute and full of ashes and relevant in that we use that hope that we hold on to and we let it spill out into the way we respond to the injustice and pain and suffering in our own communities. And I'm just really grateful today to be able to partner with you guys in that endeavor. So thank you. So we have some announcements, obviously not on the board, but if you'll pull up and do your perforated tear right now so that nobody hears you do it later, read through all of those. I know Church Center is big. A couple times in the last few weeks, I really wanted to send a message out on that. So the sooner we're all on it, the better. But then also some other things to be aware of. Um, our charge conference, our big church denominational conference is actually this Wednesday at 7 p.m., and it's at the North Lawndale Christian Health Center, or it's at the Christian Health Center in North Lawndale. If you guys haven't been there before, you're in for a treat. It's a really beautiful conference center on the top floor. You have a nice view of the city. If you need rides, you can talk to Christian. I know I'll be driving from this area on Wednesday night. Um, Christian's Advent study actually starts tomorrow evening. Tonight. Oh, oh, that's today is Sunday. Tonight. <laughs> so... If you still want to get on that, let him know. It's on Zoom, right? And so anybody, invite your friends, can do on that. Um, let's see, what else? Next Saturday, if you want to be part of Bringing Joy and you have any decorators who did not get their fill over the weekend or if you haven't done it yet, we need help decorating the sanctuary. So next Saturday at 1030, meet here to decorate the sanctuary for the holidays. Um, and anything else that's on there. And before we move to passing of the peace and dismissing children, I would love for Miss Bree, Miss Bree, to come up front. Um, today is Miss Bree's last Sunday, and I have been really thankful for her steady presence and her listening ear and the way she has shepherded our children in her time that she's here. But Christian is going to come up. She is, she is following the spirit into moving into a new realm of her life. And I just hope that we can send her out with that blessing as she, you know, goes where the spirit leads. Uh, I echo what uh, Ali has said. Um, I'll, I'll let Bree talk about what's kind of the next phase for you. Uh, and then we're going to pray uh, for Bree. So. Yeah, uh, well... 
I am in a counseling program for those who did not know. Um, and I'm walking into my second year internship and it is very intense. Um, so I'm learning that there's so much for me to learn before graduation. Um, and I just really want to make the best of my academics, turn my focus towards that so that I could be um, a good counselor when that time comes. So that is where I'm going. Um, and I'll use this time also to say thank you for allowing me to serve. Uh, this role brought so many challenges, um, but the hardest challenge was burying my brother this year. Um, and I'm just truly grateful for all of the love <coughs> that you all showed me, um, for every prayer, uh, for flowers, and for not saying kind words, right? Because we tend to do that to make people feel better. Um, but there was no way to take that away. So I thank you for the silence as well and for making space for me. Thank you. Thank you, Bree. I think, is it like you have to put in 600 hours, is that right, 600 on an internship? And so uh, it's a lot of hours. <laughs> and so, but uh, Bree's uh, compassion, her listening ear, her pastoral presence, uh, I know will be, has been, um, enjoyed uh, by us, and I know will be as she goes into this next phase in her ministry. Bree's also in the, has started the ordination process in the United Methodist Church as well, uh, and so we pray for her uh, during that process too. So, Ali, you want to come up and join with me in laying a hand on, on Bree? Um, all of our testimonies this month have been on video, and so uh, you'll have to watch it on social media this week, uh, the one we had set up for today. So we have a little bit of extra time today just to lay hands on Bree. So if you feel comfortable from where you are, I want to raise a hand uh, as a way to send Bree off uh, into her next phase of the ministry. Loving and gracious God, we give you thanks uh, for Bree, for her many gifts and graces, for her smile, for her welcoming spirit, for the ways that she always would be present and people would know that they are welcome in the space wherever she is, that they will get to know your love and your grace, that she will be able to, and has done this for us, just shared your radical way of acceptance and we are grateful for all the ways that she exhibited that. We pray too, as she enters this next phase of her vocation, the next phase of her ministry, that you would be with her in days where she learns and listens, days of challenges, but also days of joy. Uh, and we pray that you would be with her in all of those moments. And pray that our community can continue to support her in many different ways as she enters into this space. For all these things, we pray your blessing upon her. In Jesus' name, amen. We have a very small uh, token of our appreciation for you, Bree. Uh, let us share our uh, welcome and thanks for Bree and for her ministry. So uh, Bree now will be leading the children upstairs. Uh, and so for any of our young Christians, they can go upstairs for that. Uh, by the way, I'm Christian Kuhn. Uh, I'm the pastor here of this community. It's great to have you here with us. And so as they go forth and do that, uh, the rest of us will uh, stand and pass the peace of Christ. Uh, take a look at the name tags that folks have. Green means a handshake, a side hug, or a cool. Yellow, ask how they're feeling today. Red, a hand wave or a peace sign. Uh, and as always, welcome for our online folks. Uh, share the peace emojis online as well. If you didn't get uh, the second page, 
of the lyrics of the songs. Chris has those, and we'll hand those out as well. He said to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away into the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd, and he began to teach them many things. When it grew late... His disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have you? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, Five and two fish when he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups and on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and of fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and he divided the two fish among them all. 
and all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men. The word of the God for the people of God. It's a little bit of a cliche these days, I think, to talk about how much Thanksgiving gets lost, uh, especially since Halloween has become such a huge deal in our society as well. So I was trying to get a sense just how much Thanksgiving has gotten lost. Uh, and so I did a quick search. And so if anyone uh, wants, you could probably do your own research, and you might prove these figures wrong. But don't do the research. Just trust me. Uh, <laughs> I did a quick look at how much Americans spend on these three holidays. So first, Halloween. Anyone want to take a wild guess at what Americans spend on Halloween? A million dollars. A million dollars. It's a little low, Gary. A little low. Yeah. 10 million, OK. 500 million. David's in marketing, so he's billions. David's on the right track. $12 billion on Halloween, all right? That's Halloween. Anyone want to take a stab at Christmas? $30 billion. You're not even close. We're close, friends. This is according to this article I read. We're like knocking on the door $1 trillion. Between $942 and $960 billion that we spend, that we'll spend on Christmas. So. Halloween is not close to Christmas, still. 12 billion is a lot of dollars. So, and then here's little Thanksgiving. $600 million is what we uh, spend on Thanksgiving, which still sounds like a lot of money. But when you compare it to the 12 billion of Halloween and the almost 1 trillion of, of Christmas, it's no wonder Thanksgiving is just kind of like trying to, like, here I am, here I am, pay attention to me. And so it was just kind of fascinating to see that uh, in dollars and cents. So why am I talking about all of this today? So we, we are doing, today is the last sermon of the sermon series that we're calling All In. Uh, often in November, we talk uh, about what does it mean for us to, uh, to give to our community of faith, our church, and including how do we give uh, financially and what that means for us. In this series, we're talking about what does it mean to be all in and like really commit to our community uh, in lots of ways, including financially. And one way we've been doing that is taking a look at our core values of being bold, inclusive, and irrelevant. And so we are talking about what does it mean to recommit as a community to our core values. So when I was thinking about our core values this week, I was thinking about bold, inclusive, and irrelevant. And when I think about over the years uh, about those core values, people will sometimes come up to me and they'll ask me questions about what does bold mean? Or they'll challenge me, Pastor, I don't think we're being bold enough in our church. And when we talk about inclusive, we talked about this last week, what does inclusive mean? And people like to say to me, but what about if this kind of person comes? Are we really welcoming of them? And so they ask questions, are we being inclusive enough? I racked my brain this week to see if anyone ever said to me, Pastor, what does relevant mean? Or are we being relevant enough? And I frankly cannot remember Anytime anyone has ever come up to me and says, what does it mean to be relevant? Or are we being relevant enough? And that made me think, relevant is kind of the Thanksgiving, I think. <laughs> so bold and inclusive get a lot of attention. Relevant kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes. 
So I want to today kind of reclaim relevant. And what does it mean? And what does it mean to our community? And what does it mean for us? And I think one of the reasons we wanted that as one of our core values is because sometimes in some faith communities, uh, they do a lot of uh, talking uh, and they do a lot of thinking and reflecting. And there's nothing, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Or they might uh, argue certain points. But they never actually get into actually doing the work of the church. A fancy work, word that we wanted to do or wanted to be about as this church is praxis. Praxis means practice as distinguished from theory. Like, what does it mean to actually put flesh on what we do as a community of faith. Again, there's nothing wrong about thinking about theory, arguing about it, having these deep thoughts, but at the end of the day, how do we live this out? How do we be relevant? And so I still have an old school dictionary at my home near my desk, so I pulled that out this week to remind myself what relevant means. And according to that dictionary, it means bearing upon or related to the matter at hand, pertinent to the point. And that phrase, relating to the matter at hand, really struck me this week. Relating to the matter at hand. Sometimes in communities, sometimes in churches, it is so tempting, and I have done this too, it is tempting to look backward. Remember the days when we had this many people, or had this much money, or we did all of these things. Remember the days, and we look at those days with rose-colored glasses. Everything was perfect back then. Or we may spend a lot of time like, what's the future of the church? What's going to happen to our denomination, for example? What's going to happen you know, a year, two years, five years from now? And perhaps we don't spend enough time, what is the matter at hand? What does in front of us, and how do we respond, it, respond to it? There's nothing wrong with looking back at our past at all. Scripture is replete with examples of people remembering God's faithfulness in the past. There's nothing wrong at all with visioning, looking to the future. I love doing that. I love dreaming about what the church can be. But what does it mean here and now, today, the matter at hand? What does it mean to be God's presence in this community, in our lives, right now? And that's, I think, what it means to be and for us to recommit to being relevant. What is important today for us? And with this passage from Mark, I think, speaks to that. I think of all of Jesus' miracle stories, I think this one might be my favorite. It's the only miracle story that's in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's the only miracle story that's in all four, of the, unless you count the resurrection. But as far as the Jesus doing miracles, it's the only one in all four Gospels. This passage from Mark is a little bit unique, too. So it comes right after the death of John the Baptist. We'll be talking about John the Baptist in the Advent season, which starts next week. So you can imagine that Jesus and his followers are feeling some loss. They're in mourning. Maybe they are tired. And so when Jesus says to them, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while, that had to just sound so good. Sounds good to us today. Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. Now, interestingly, I don't know if any of the disciples picked up on this, but the word deserted place has some additional meaning to it. 
We know the New Testament from biblical Greek, and the word here, deserted place, sometimes it's translated as wilderness. This word, eromos topos, is found back in Mark 1, deserted place, wilderness. You may remember the story of Jesus being driven into the eromos topos, the wilderness, the desert, for Jesus to go and be tempted and to really be in God's presence, vulnerable, just Jesus and God. So when Jesus says, come with me to a deserted place, I don't know if anybody's like, I'm not so sure. Because who knows what might happen when you are there before God, just you and God. But here, Jesus makes this invitation. So maybe there's a little bit of hesitancy on the part of the disciples to go away. Maybe some are really looking forward to it. But when they do, of course, the crowds follow, as the crowds often do. And Jesus has compassion on the crowds. And so Jesus, we know the story perhaps, Jesus says to them, you give them something to eat. Now, again, we cannot blame, I think, the disciples. We cannot blame the disciples for their response. They ask, are we to go to buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? That's 200 days of wages. And so they had to be. I sometimes, you know, I have a heart for these disciples. They're doing such good work. They're not always doing it well, not always doing it perfectly, and they are exhausted. And Jesus says, you give them something to eat. And so maybe they pull themselves aside. Maybe the guys who were good at math are figuring out how much is this going to cost in order for us to feed all of these people. And they go to Jesus and they say, it can't be done. It cannot be done. And now, here is where the unique thing about Jesus is in, in the Gospel of Mark. And Mark's the only one who has this particular way of asking it. Verse 38, Jesus says, How many loaves have you? Go and see. How many loaves have you? Go and see. The message translation says this, but Jesus was quite serious. How many loaves of bread do you have? Take an inventory. That didn't take long. Five, they said, plus two fish. So what Jesus is saying, the disciples go off and they do all the math and they come back and they give Jesus a, a, an Excel document and they say, it can't be done. We cannot raise the money to feed all of these people. And Jesus just says, all right, well, let's first, what do you got? What do we have here with us? What can we do what can, how can we make do with what we have? And so now they take an inventory. Well, well, let's see. Who's got, you got anything here? I, there's one loaf, two, three, four. I guess we got five, five loaves. Any fish? No, I think we ate all the fish. Oh, wait, maybe underneath that rock over there. Or wait, this guy's got one in his pocket. We got two, we got two fish. They had to be kind of laughing to themselves. But the important thing is, I think, for us to pay attention to what Jesus is saying here. So often, and friends, I am so guilty of this myself. When Jesus makes an ask, my immediate response is, it can't be done. We don't have enough. What you are asking for us is unrealistic because we have nothing on us. And Jesus' response is not, well, I guess you're right. Jesus' response is, all right, what do you have? And that's when they begin to figure it out. Well, I guess we have this. And they take what they had, and then they offered it to Jesus. 
And then Jesus did what Jesus does. He makes sure there is more than enough. And that's where the miracle takes place. How often when you have a sense that Jesus is asking you to do something and your first response is, it can't be done. I don't have enough. Rather than saying, well, I have this, Lord. Let's see what you can do with what I do have. And that's what Jesus is asking of all of us. What do you have? And then offer it to me, and then let's see what we can do with it. I was uh, watching, I came across this article a few years ago, and then I watched, there's a YouTube or a TED Talk uh, about this too. There's a woman named Karen Stoby who has worked as an actress. She's a writer, an instructor, and a theater improviser. Her father, several years ago, was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. So she was spending a lot of time with her father leading up to his death. And as she was with him, she was struck in the similarities of caring for someone with Alzheimer's and improvisational acting. And she decided and figured a way, how can I combine both of these worlds? And so she created a workshop for people about what improv acting is and what does it mean to give care to people with Alzheimer's. And so a few of the things that they mentioned in their talk are this. Accept the person's reality. Accept their reality. Jump into their world, which provides a connection. Go with the flow. That is, be ready and accepting of whatever comes your way. And then the magic two words of any improv, any improv folks in our midst... What are the two magic words? Yes. yes and. So often, with, when people are working with people with Alzheimer's, it's uh, yes but. And they get told no so often. And what they are saying, you are entering their world. And whatever they say, you take that and you go with it. You don't say, oh, that can't be right. Oh, you're mistaken. Oh, that's not really your husband. Instead, you take what they say and you go with it. Yes, and. You take what they offer and then you help them in their own process so that they know they are seen and cared for and loved in their own way. You take what they offer and you go with it. And this is what Jesus said. What do you have? What what can you offer? I will take that. Jesus is all about yes and. Jesus takes that and then let's see how we can multiply this. When I think about the history of our uh, now coming up on 15-year-old, is that right? Has it been that long? Almost 15 years as a church, uh, urban village. And I think about, so most of our sites, our sites in the city don't have buildings, and so they are renting space, and so uh, they're often making do with what they have. And so even this morning, I thought, when we were trying to do the projection, and it was clear, and, and Darren, and Steve, and Nick, and Melissa, everybody was like doing their best to try to fix it, and it wasn't going to be fixed. And I thought, of course, of course, like today of all days, this is what would happen. And so it's like, all right, what do we got? Well, we just do, we happen to have these photocopied lyric sheets. Let's make copies of this. But this has particularly been true of our Wicker Park site in the city. And there have been so many stories about things going wrong and then having to figure out what do we take with what has been offered and make something miraculous with it. So one of the very first worship services we had at Wicker Park, we were worshiping at Wicker Park Lutheran Church. 
And so we, at that time, we were worshiping on Sunday evenings. And Trey, the other co-founder of Urban Village, he was preaching. And I kid you not, a giant, as he was preaching, a giant hunk of paint from the ceiling came and fell down, like just a couple feet from where he was. <laughs> and we all kind of gasped. And Trey just took that and just then started taking that. And he used that then to talk about a different topic for his sermon. There was a time a couple years ago, we were in a different place in Wicker Park, the Victim Theater. And so they went and the door was locked to the theater. Whoever was supposed to unlock the door didn't come and unlock the door. And so they said, I guess we're going to have worship at the Division L stop today. And they did. A few weeks ago, some of you met the consultants who came in to help us try to figure out what's next for the next part of our church and the consultants were at Wicker Park that day, and Juan Pablo, our pastor there, went up to do communion, and there was no bread. And so he's like, all right, what do we do here? And he, did, he literally did, well, all right, what do we got? And then someone remembered, oh, for coffee hour, I brought everything bagels. And so they brought up, and on that day, the communion bread was everything bagels. One of the things I'm most proud of with this church are the ways and the times that it seems like we we can't do it. There is not enough. It's broken. It's a dead end. And I have spent so many times like, well, I guess that's it. Rather than saying and hearing the words and the questions that Jesus asks, what do you have? How many loaves do you have? Don't tell me what can't be done. Let's first say what is possible. What do you have in your midst? What is the matter at hand? And then, you're not expected to do this on your own. The next step is to offer it to me. The next step is to offer it to Jesus. And then to see what's going to happen. Sometimes it will be multiplied and we will have more than enough. Sometimes something different will happen and something will be unearthed that we weren't expecting and sometimes we, it will be a mystery and we just have to wait and see. Part of what we are asking all of us to do in this sermon series is what does it mean to commit to our community to first ask yourselves, what do you have in your, in your person, in your, in your hands, in your midst, in your accounts, all of these things? What do you have? Pray about that. Get a sense of it. And then say, Lord, this is what I have. I offer it to you. And then to see what God can do through Jesus and how that can be multiplied with whatever is the matter at hand. And I have to believe at the core of my being, I have to believe that it will be more than enough. It will be more than enough for you and for me and for all the others who need to know the radical inclusive and bold and, yes, relevant love of God. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for always providing enough. Even in moments when we don't feel like we have anything to give, you remind us that we always have something. Help us to offer that something to you and then stand back and see miracles happen. Sometimes miracles that we weren't expecting, sometimes miracles that we wouldn't even call miracles, but 
ways that you can provide abundance in our midst. In all this, we pray to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So the gospel is good news, and we believe that good news deserves a response. And so uh, now we will be uh, responding uh, by uh, giving of our own uh, lives and out of our um, what God has given to us. And so some uh, plates are going to be passed up and down the rows. Uh, earlier, you tore off one of those sheets, and so if you could... Uh, fill that out and put that in the plate, or there's a QR code on the front of the bulletin. Uh, if you don't have a pen or would rather do that using the QR code, you can scan that and let us know of your presence here. If today's your first time here in our community, that's really the biggest gift you can offer to us, is just let us know who you are. Uh, feel no compulsion to give financially. If uh, this is your community of faith, uh, we ask that you think about giving uh, financially a reminder that next Sunday, we're really going to be asking folks to think about uh, letting us know what they might be giving in 2024. We call it a pledge. And so that'll be on 123-123, and that'll be next Sunday. Uh, today, if you'd like to give, you can go to urbanvillagechurch.org give and give in that way. And folks online, you can do the same thing. Let us bring our gifts. We spent uh, uh, our Thanksgiving this past Thursday with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law and, and their family. And one of the wonderful things about uh, going to someone else's home is that we, we did, my wife made uh, mashed potatoes and we brought wine and there were some other things too. Uh, and so we didn't have to make the turkey, we didn't have to do all of the things. So we went and we ate and we went home, we didn't have to clean up and that was great. But the downside of all of that is there's no leftovers can't have the great, you know, cold turkey sandwich or whatever it is that you like to nibble on after uh, the big day, because really leftovers is kind of the best part almost of Thanksgiving. And the great thing about this story in Mark is like all the leftovers. And sometimes we tend to think that leftovers isn't good, but yet it spilled over and was generous and I kept hearing that phrase and reading this passage and being at this table when Jesus says, it is more than enough. It is more than enough. And so when Jesus gathered with his 
closest friends and followers. And I wonder what was going through their hearts, his disciples. Jesus had been hinting that something pretty awful was going to happen. And so maybe they were feeling a sense of, of loss or mourning or scarcity or confusion, anxiety, all of these things. But Jesus wanted them to know that in him, there would be more than enough. No matter what happens, there will be more than enough. And as a way to convey that, Jesus took bread, gave thanks to God, as we have done this past week especially. We give thanks. And then Jesus, as a way to let them know there is more than enough, Jesus said, this is my body, given, broken for you again and again and again. And when the supper was over, Jesus took the cup, gave thanks to God, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this all of you. My cup overflows again and again and again. It is more than enough. This cup given for you so that you might be forgiven, that you might be at peace. We take uh, time to give thanks to God, to remember the presence of Christ and also to call upon the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives more than enough to us, more than enough peace, more than enough hope, more than enough joy. And yet, understandably, there are days when we don't feel that or sense that or believe it because of what we experience in our own lives or we read about in other parts of the world. And all we can do is trust that that spirit will come and come and come. And so let us today be in an attitude of prayer. I invite you to, as you pray, to just open up your hands like this as a way of receiving the Spirit. And we will lift up our individual prayers, and maybe in that time you will ask for forgiveness, knowing that, Lord, I have not loved as you would want me to love. I have strayed from what you desire for me. I have held the grudges. I have lashed out. I have said hurtful things. Send me your grace. Or maybe today you are a person in need of healing or you know someone who is in need of healing and it seems day after day, nothing positive happens. And all we can do is, Lord, I need your healing. I need your healing, I need your healing, Holy Spirit, I need your healing. Or when we read about death and destruction in Gaza, in Israel, in Uganda, in Ukraine, in our cities, in our streets, and we say, come Holy Spirit, bring peace, bring justice, bring hope. Let us take time now to lift up our own prayers, and then we'll join our voices in the prayer that Jesus taught us. Let us pray. Lord, we open up our hands and our hearts to you and trust that your spirit would come upon us. Some of us today might feel that overflowing presence of love. There are others today who 
have a hard time feeling anything and wonder where you are. Give us the faith to trust in your presence no matter how we feel. We give you thanks for responding to our needs, of letting us know that we always have something to give. Lord, we pray that you would come into this space and comfort us knowing that we do not walk this journey alone, but that we are with others who walk this journey with us. And so we join our voices together in this prayer that Jesus taught us. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever. Amen. Pour out your spirit in us and in these gifts of bread and cup. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, your presence, your love, and your hope. Amen. I need a couple of volunteers to help with communion today. Would anyone be willing to come forward and help out at all? Amen. Thank you. Anyone else? Dana, thank you. Just have a word of instruction about uh, how we do communion uh, here. Um, we'll have three uh, people up front, uh, and so uh, come on up. One will be holding bread, one will be holding a cup of grape juice, and one will be holding a basket with individual uh, cups. Uh, and so you are welcome to come forward and take a piece of the bread and dip it into the cup, or take one of these individual cups. And then you're welcome to turn, uh, return to your seat for a time of prayer and reflection, or we have uh, two bowls of sands, two bowls of sand uh, up front here. If you would like to light a candle today uh, in honor in someone, in memory of someone, just a reminder that you want to be a light of the world, you're welcome to do just that. Um, friends, this is an open table. And because there is one loaf, we who are many partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. There are more than enough seats for you, no matter who you are, where you come from, where your faith journey has taken you, what you believe or doubt. You are welcome here today to experience the very close and real presence of Christ. Amen.
Jesus, the only one who could ever say Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you
Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for always providing more than enough. Your love and your presence, even in days when it feels like it is scarce, in some ways, in many ways, you remind us that you are always near, especially when we gather together at this meal. Thank you for feeding us, and we pray that we might be strengthened, uplifted, so that we might go in the world to let others know of your love. And all this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. going to continue with one more song this morning, so please stand with us as you're able, and we're going to sing a song called, How Can I Serve? Um, so I believe everyone has these words now. Church. 
My name is Mary Arntz. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I am a member of the Urban Village Church Edgewater site. I first learned about Urban Village Church from my college campus pastor about probably 15 years ago, and I have been a member of UVC for 13 years or more. I have an awesome husband named Adam and two super energetic, active kids. Luke is eight years old and Peter is five years old. So why UVC? My why for UVC is that UVC gives me my why. Urban Village Church reminds me over and over again that there is a God who loves me as I am, a work in progress, and through that calls me to love my neighbors as they are. Now, I'll be honest, there are a lot of things that can keep me from going to church. Busy family schedules, um, feeling self-sufficient or like thinking I'm self-sufficient and can handle life on my own, um, feeling a sense of apathy about life and the world around me. Um, but the thing is that Sunday keeps coming and we, my family and I will hobble into church. Usually one of us, at least one of us is kicking and screaming. Um, and as we are there, something happens. Uh, we are reminded once again of our why. I am reminded once again of my why through music sung by or led by our worship leader at Edgewater, Josie and her musical friends, of which I am not one. Um, also through communion served to me by my son, Luke, reminding me of God's grace and even through after worship meals, often provided by Rachel and her family as we share life updates and encouragement. And so it's in this way that we are, that I am reminded of my why time and time again. And so, like I said, we keep coming back. And we also keep giving um, financially. Each year we make a financial pledge. Um, and that is one way that our family says, we are all in for UVC and we are all in and invested in um, doing what we can to make sure that this Christian community continues. Thank you for listening and thank you, UVC. Thank you.